This is The Storied Outdoors, a podcast somewhere between Lewis and Tolkien and Lewis and Clark, finding clarity in the stories we tell and the adventures that shape us. Well, welcome to The Storied Outdoors. We are here uh, with a, a very... A new friend of mine, uh, Emily Johnson, she is an artist. She lives in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, she is a one of the most talented watercolor artists, and she's now gotten, gotten into some more um, different media and uh, different types of, of, of art that she's been doing, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but uh, Emily is, is married to Scott. Scott's a friend of mine, and... Um, they have three children, and Emily, let's you know, let's just dive right in. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Thank you, guys. I know where well, you know, um, everybody listens to the podcast, and and hopefully some people will see uh, some of the podcast because um, the art that's behind you is awesome. So I look forward to hearing hearing how we got there. So you're all framed up and got a great backdrop. I have my office backdrop. Brian's got this wonderful warm fire burning behind him with his, with his North face jacket on feeling all cozy. And here I am in my church office. Um, so I'm not feeling quite as, uh, inspired as the two of you are right now, but this looks amazing. Uh, you know, I'm coming at you live from Woody's fish, Woody's camp. fish camp. Hey, <laughs> special place in my heart for that that place we have a uh, we have a lot of fond memories here and uh, looking forward to uh many more oh yeah uh so emily you grew up on lake martin is that correct that's right i love lake martin so much so, so you Brad literally and I like grew, grew up there or are you vacation there because everyone i know vacations there but you grew up there right so i grew up in alexander city on lake martin and like literally that's the only house i'd ever wow. lived in like woke up to the lake in my backyard every morning like incredible it's amazing wow. i'm more grateful for it now than you know when you're growing up you always take it for granted but uh it was it's still something my parents still live there and i'm so glad we get to go down as much as possible mm. wow um we yeah. yes i so yeah i grew up on the lake my so a lot of the inspiration behind all this, and I'd love to tell y'all how I've gotten to this point with fish. Um, my dad is a bit of a, a boat uh, connoisseur. So he loves boats. Like he, he flips boats. Oh, wow. So it was kind of, yeah, it's very interesting. So, um, like right <laughs> so now, when you, say, when you say flip boats, you mean you take them, you fix them and you sell them. Just to make sure, because usually flipping a boat's not a great idea unless you're perhaps a kayaker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think yeah, about I flipped that. a kayak know, one time. Exactly. That wasn't a great thing. <laughs> Threw yeah, my brother in law right into Lake Gunnersville. <laughs> <laughs> Restore them. Go. How about that? I was thinking flips boats. Mm. Yeah. So, so I've always grown up around boats. Like I. I love them. Even now, like one of my favorite things to do in the world is just like walk around marinas. Mm. Like when we go to the stuff, Scott's like, you want to go walk around the marina? I'm like, yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> oh, I love that. What kind of boats does he flip? Does it, is it all motorized uh, so or is it sailboats? Every, oh, we've had guys, my family, like when we talk about outdoorsy, we're like water 
crazy outdoorsy. So we had like this 1976 True Craft. It's like a ski nautique type boat that I grew up on. It was beautiful. And he just redid it. And then we've had pontoon boats, skull and boats, uh, canoes. Um, my favorite little boat, Scott and I call it our boat. It's like a 10 foot um, Boston Whaler. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, little, little, it's got like wood seats in it. It's so fun. You can take it to the lake or the beach. Um, oh, what else? <laughs> so he got into um, not only do the lake, we did the ocean like half the time. And he, restored this like 40 foot deep sea fishing Whoa. boat it was like rrv down there yeah. so we'd go and um but he we actually lost one in a hurricane and he restored another one and we actually just sold it huh. and we're su- super sad well, about mourning it, the loss of that thing i'm sure yes it was really fun it was really really fun so how long so i know that you you do art full-time what like right. when did that become full-time and how you know when did you start how did you get into art and were you always interested in it as a child um yeah so i've always like i've always loved art um i remember in second grade selling a coloring sheet to a friend for 25 cents like wrapping it up and like i seriously i feel like that's like the start of my art journey but um i remember coming home from a trip um, to the beach in like fifth or sixth grade and my family um we had just kind of started to get into like snorkeling really big and um we had just started kind of doing some deep sea fishing and stuff and I had done a watercolor angelfish like as like a 10 year old and remembering I love this like I love this and it's funny as I've gotten more into fish over the last two years and my mom has reminded me of so many times back in my childhood that that's all I painted was fish. Mm. And it was because we went on these crazy cool trips. And so of course I came home and painted angelfish and mahi and coral and all the stuff we had seen and experienced. And my first art show I ever entered in ninth grade was a, a queen angelfish. My parents like have it hanging proudly in our house. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's really cool. Um, I went to Stanford, um, and I really wanted to major in art. Like I really wanted to do that. And my parents were super encouraging of me getting a very practical degree degree, which I'm grateful for. Um, so I, I majored in nursing. I started out in biology. Um, and so I was actually a nurse for 10 years. Um, I was a floor nurse and an ICU nurse. Um, yeah, and did started Etsy on the side because I had to do art, like it, something that just has to come from me. And so I started doing bones. Etsy. It is <laughs> so much, absolutely. And so I, it's funny as like as the years progressed, Etsy grew bigger and bigger for me. And um, Brian, you probably know as a writer, um, when you love to do something, I kind of wanted to do it all. Like, so I loved watercolor and I loved acrylics and I loved painting scripture and I loved doing family portraits. So my Etsy store itself, I had a pretty big variety of things I sold. You did, didn't you do families too? You did. Yeah. You kind of did this nice, cool little sketches of families and things. Right. They were um, watercolor um, portraits of families and they were really fun. I really enjoyed them. Um, people are hard, but when <laughs> I people know, are so right? hard. and these were like, 
these are kind of whimsical. So, cause I can't quite do like the super detailed, um, faces. And yeah. Stuff. I don't know if you've ever seen this before. This is a total sidebar, but uh, scrolling on, scrolling yeah. on the old Instagram <laughs> reels. There's this guy in New York who rides the subway and will draw this, these pictures of these people sitting on the subway and then surprise them with it. Like, in between their stops they're so fast and they it's like a photograph it's unbelievable mm-hmm. i'm so amazed by how I, i'll say it page will my wife will hear me go man people are so talented like how do these people do this and and it's really cool and their facial expressions when they see themselves having been drawn in like five minutes is yeah. but i'm drawing people is like so tough i don't know and so especially to be exact oh, yeah Oh, that's amazing. And some people have such a skill set for it. I'm amazed because that's not where my skill set is with art. And it is incredible. Well, we can certainly see um, where your skill set is there behind you. Thank you. That's what I um, I was going to tell, tell you guys. So I went fly fishing for the first time. And um, I'll tell you all more about that story maybe in a minute. But with my husband, we were dating. And after we got back, that was my first experience in the mountains and fly fishing. And I have only ever done deep sea fishing, mm-hmm. which is a little bit different. Like two- <laughs> wow. It's different. Yes. And like, I, we, I've done a lot of deep sea fishing. So, um, kind of to experience that world is fly fishing is amazing, but I painted him a, um, a rainbow trout when I got back and he put it in his office and we, he got what quite a good few excuse me quite um a few great comments on on it and one of his uh, buddies was an art guy and was like emily you need to do these and you need to sell them like you need to sell them i was like really okay and so that's kind of what got me started is i took those um trout prints and i started selling them on etsy and we got a like really great response from people and um i started doing some research and kind of realized there was kind of a need for more of a more masculine type art in the world that didn't like it was from 1985, you know, like the bass, you know, neon jumping out, um, is, is what I, all I could find. And so I started doing more and more. And in 2020, um, actually stepped away from nursing because we had kids and just wanted to be home more. And that's a pretty good good year to step away from nursing. Let's be real. Yes, I felt so, I was grateful, but felt bad too for a lot of my friends mm. in the ICU. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we, in 2020, Scott was like, Emily, let's just try something. Let's just sell fish. Let's just, you have, I had like eight, eight different species at the time. He's like, let's just see how it, how it does. And I was a little burned out on some of the custom work because it, custom work can really get wearing after a while it's fun but um so 2020 that's what we did and we had a really great response from it I think it just created more direction for me as an artist um but also like in in my storefront on Etsy it was clear what I sold it was clear that I was a fish artist Mm. so it's been fun when we did that, it really did give me a clear path. So when I came to my art space to paint, I knew what to do. Because sometimes, like as a creative, it's hard just to 
pull things out of the air. My mind is always like going. Um, so it really helped ground my art. Uh, and it, it really fit. There's so many fish. It became really fun. And it was something I loved and was interested in because of my background on the water. Um, and so we, um, so that's what we started doing. And it just, um, people would start messaging us, Hey, can you do this? Can you do this? So I feel like now I have this, um, really great knowledge base of all these different fish across North America. Um, that, and because when I do them, I, I do start to do some research and to, you know, where they are and what they look like. And I, I put my own take on them, but I do like them to be somewhat anatomically correct mm. in terms of fins and spots and such. So it's been really fun. So I've been doing fish now for two years um, and I, I'm, I'm loving it. Well, I, I have a couple of yours. I have a brown, the brown trout and I, the rainbow trout. And I, I mean, I love, thanks. golly, they're, they're some of my favorite ones. Um, and um, we're re repainting our um, den and all that area. So I'm, I'm going to end up taking those to my office at Sanford. And so I'm so looking forward oh. to having those with me there. What, um, so I, I've, you know, it's funny during COVID, um, you know, during, you know, I think probably starting in about May of 2020, I, I started doing a little bit of watercolor painting and yeah. um, it is, it is so therapeutic. And I don't know what yeah. it is. Uh, can you, what do you, as an artist who actually is a good artist, uh, not just someone who looks like a, you know, 40 year old third grader, um, <laughs> who's trying to, trying to draw something with, um, with, with watercolors. What, that's an interesting stick process? man, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All these fish look like the, the kind that's on the back of a car. Um, what is your process? What is your, what's the part that you've really just connect well with, with, with art and, and with watercolors and is it the color mixing? Is it the sketching? Is it the, the blending? What, you know, what, where does your mind go with that? That's a really interesting question. Um, because for the first time in my life in the last two years, I've been able to paint consistently. And so I feel like I'm, finally kind of honing a lot of my process. Um, and I didn't ever quite realize that that's really important to, to know kind of what to do and what to expect in the process. I would say um, I've kind of switched to more acrylics. I love watercolor, but I've really been enjoying acrylic paints a good bit. And the painting part, I just absolutely love. I do enjoy the sketch and the planning and I've learned that that is probably the most crucial step because if it's not right from the beginning, it's not going to be right in the mm. end. And I've definitely skipped over that before and feel like I wasted a bunch of time because then I'd have to repaint it. <laughs> Scott would actually kind of come in and go, what's that fin doing there? Or like, <laughs> what's wrong with his jaw? And I'm like, seriously, I spent four hours on this today. <laughs> um, but it was because I skipped over the sketching part and was kind of rushed through, was rushing through it. But the painting process for me, the, the blending of the colors, um, I absolutely love. And it's really fun, especially with fish and animals as I've kind of exploring ducks now, um, exploring the layers of color. So I tend to take a picture, um, I work off photos and um, take a picture and I really kind of look. And if you start looking at a fish, which you guys like hunting fish, like 
there's so many colors in it. Like if you really kind of bring it up close, um, a lot of my fish had like really electric pink and lime green and yellow like undertones that are extremely colorful. And it's kind of fun to see that layers come in and um, kind of bring that fish to life. So if you're to get up close to one of my fish, you see it's not just a smallmouth bass. It's not just brown, yellow, and, you know, white. It's got all these rich colors underneath that kind of peek through. So that's one of my favorite parts right now of acrylic painting um, of these animals is to kind of bring the color and character and kind of texture of these animals to life. I really love it. Yeah. Earlier this uh, this year, Brian and I, for the first time, I'd never been up there before, but Brian and I came up and met a guy named Craig Godwin from East Alabama Fly Fishing, and we floated down the Tallapoosa on a, on a raft mm-hmm. and, um, and fished those shoals and caught a lot of um, um, the red-eye bass and several other species that were pretty funny um, and that were kind of surprising. But uh, but to see those little fish, and again, you know, any, anytime you pull a fish out of the water on a sunny day and that sunlight hits them, you're so, you're so right. I mean, there's an explosion of color that you don't normally see, but when the sun hits them just right, it's like, oh my goodness, there's a lot more there than I thought. Absolutely. They're beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and, and it's so it's so interesting, you know, the different times of the year, the different types of water, you know, it all factors into it and you know, and there's really you can't really just say, well, this hey, this fish is this color. Well, cuz it could That's exactly it right. It could change, you know, it could change just depending on the amount of sunlight they're getting or the amount the clarity of the water and um have you ever painted a uh, a sunfish? I have, um, I haven't, well, I have a bluegill brim right now, yeah. but I have actually a line of Alabama fish. I'm like working nice. through. Oh, nice. Like, I, yes. Like, so it's funny. You said the red eye bass. I just sketched one the other day. Um, and I didn't even know that bass existed, but I need to do a sunfish. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they, the red eye bass, they're blue on their, the side of their face. And, and then, then you have the sunfish <laughs> are just, the, the the amazing amount of color and orange and I don't know everything about them are just so gorgeous and Alabama is so diverse I yeah. mean you're gonna that's that's a pretty long project if you're working down a list of Alabama <laughs> especially fish. especially if you get down here to where I live <laughs> you got a lot yeah. you got a lot of fish I know, <laughs> I know isn't it crazy I did not know that like Alabama is like one of the richest freshwater fish species in the world like it's crazy yeah. or in the state am I saying that oh, wrong yeah, I don't know state it's, uh, it's, it's it's certainly the the richest and most diverse fishery in the country and and it, in the country certainly for sure and it may extend you know to other you know to to wider than that just because of the range of you know where i live there's brackish and saltwater and then river delta fish and then as you go up in elevation you you know you get up to the sipsy and you even get into trout and sipsy or so i've heard that's a, that's an inside joke <laughs> yeah. uh and then you know um and further up so there's so many in the span of so much because there's so many waterways also um i mean you look at a map of, right. of waterways in the state of alabama and there's an unbelievable amount of rivers and streams it's it's incredible i love our state so mm-hmm. much i know you guys talk about this but as scott and i've started kind of getting out more and exploring and doing this stuff like alabama is such an amazing state to live in it, i love it so much i know it is it is great it's got everything 
from you know the coast to the mountains and uh, everything in between it's, yeah. it's just amazing it never amazing ceases place. to surprise me either like we'll go and go, oh my goodness i didn't know this was here like we're floating down the talapusa and i was like i've never been here before i didn't know any of this was you know hiding here and it's incredible i mean what a beautiful place it, i know it's incredible we were at on th- uh during thanksgiving we went down to my parents house we're at the lake and just playing on the playing on the banks and then the next day we drove down to the beach and Scott and I were just talking about like, this place is incredible. Yeah. Like we go from this gorgeous Lake Martin down to Gulf Shores, which is like a hidden gem um, on the coast of Florida. And it's like, where do you get this? And then we're headed up to the Smokies in March. It's like, everything's like four hours away. Yeah. It's like amazing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, shifting gears just a little bit. What, um, you know, we talk about on, on this podcast, you know, we, the, the, the stories that, that we tell and the, the experiences that, that shape us and the, you know, the adventures that shape us. And so is there a, an, is there a connection with the outdoors that has shaped you as the, that God has used to shape you spiritually or that, um, that really just something comes to mind about an experience that you may have had where you really connected with God through the outdoors? Um, you know, growing up in the water, it's being outside is always just have been been a part of who I am. Um, I really feel like when I'm on the water, I do do feel that it's always an experience with the Lord. Like just simply riding on the boat, I'm like, God, you are so good. This is so amazing. Um, but there are times in my life where different moments on trips and stuff um an experience has stuck out we my husband and i went to the keys florida keys um in september we just needed a trip we were away and so we went down there for a week and we actually were gonna rent a boat and just kind of ding around the bay and it's kind of fun just to explore and see what you get into you know just fish and snorkel and it didn't work out we had to take like a four-hour Boater, boater's course and they didn't tell us and we were so bummed because that was our whole day we were just gonna do the little islands and stuff in marathon florida and so we we're like what do we do and um so we drove up to john penny camp in key largo and we were we were just really bummed because we heard the snorkeling up there wasn't great and we were just like okay we'll just we'll go snorkel that's fine because we had snorkeled all these amazing places already and so we get out to john penny camp um coral reef and we get in the water and we immediately were like blown away. We both like came out of the water. We like lifted our mask up and we were like, this is the best snorkeling we've ever done. <laughs> like, and I'm a lot of snorkeling in my life. And um, since like the age of eight, we've snorkeled all over the place and we were just blown away. And we, we did that reef for maybe two hours and um, we were just amazed at God's creation and how Scott said, you know, what's crazy is this is here 365 days a year, like every day this is happening. And um, the reef was beautiful and colorful and so alive. And um, I need to post some more pictures of it. Um, we were able to capture a lot of it. We had a GoPro we had just gotten. But we were just really blown away at the beauty and the creativity of the Lord. Um, coral reefs really display that with all the fish and it was so healthy 
And um, I really think about that trip and how great God is and how creative he is. And like, he is at work all the time and all these, it's like a little coral reef down in John Penningham in the Florida Keys. That's happening right now. Wow. Like that, that life is happening right now. And it's just so cool. Like, it's just so cool how, how amazing and creative and mind you how sovereign he is. Um, Scott always uses, always uses that scripture, like um, Psalms eight, you know, when I look here, I've got it written down. When I look at your at the at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the man and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Like that, God created all that, but He cares for us too. Like it's it's incredible. Yeah, you, and and I feel like the same same way. Not you know, and like you were saying, this is happening all the time. 365 mm-hmm. you know and you think about a sunset well you know this sunset was was gorgeous well you know what happens every day it's it's it's, day. it's mundane for god to be beautiful <laughs> and not something it's it's an incredible thing um you know and you know and a lot of times we talk about this also sometimes on the podcast you know the 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 areas where we think are the trips going wrong, things aren't going where it should, things are right. just yeah. not turning out the way that they should. When you when you still get out there and you you're intentional about still pushing on to maybe okay this is a detour, you find some really great things. You know, just like that snorkeling trip turned out mm-hmm. to be you know one of your favorite of your whole life. We don't see those whenever we just kind of give up when our plans go awry yeah that's exactly it's kind of funny i know you guys talk about that it's like it really some of the best experience come from the worst moments on trips and um i do have to i may diverse a little bit but my husband and i had a trip we wanted to go camping so bad um last fall and we wanted our kids to experience the experience camping, you know, and my husband grew up camping. He did the mountains. I did the ocean and lake. And so we've kind of married these two things. And so I was like, okay, let's go. And it was the worst trip of our life. It was terrible. <laughs> it was camping with a crawling baby and a three-year-old pot training and a six-year-old was not the brightest idea, mm, but take your battles, Emily. we, <laughs> Right, it was so bad, but we have laughed and got more out of that trip than anything just because everything about it was so bad. I think Scott one night ate like a cold hot dog for dinner. I had a Hershey bar, like it just, (laughs) it was one of those trips. Like what were you thinking? But my kids, like they talk about it like it was the greatest trip ever. And we have pictures from it that were like, we're so happy and I was so tired. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Like, I'm so glad we did it. Like, I'm so, so glad we did it. Um, And they want to do it again. I don't really want to go camping for a while. (laughs) Not on my radar. I'll get a cabin, but. Yeah, um, with with littles like that, that's pretty challenging for sure. Yeah, I don't know what we're thinking. Yeah. Well, you you learned. (laughs) We learned. So, Emily. We'll be good. Emily, what, um, you know, you. Art is such an interesting thing, you know, and it's so subjective. Um, 
you know, there's, there are a lot of people who listen who, you know, I've talked to, they want to either get into photography or they want to get into watercolor or they want to, they wish that they could do something artsy, but they don't feel like they got it in them. Um, yeah. you know, I, I feel like it's so subjective as to what is like really pretty art and what's what people find is good and what people find is mediocre or bad. You know, I mean, it's, but when I, when I'm sitting down and I'm doing a watercolor or something, I, I don't want to compare my watercolor to someone like you who is a professional, but I get so much joy out of it, even though it's not going to be maybe presented to the world. Um, just right. the act of creating is fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you tell someone who may be wishing they could do some of the things that you do, but may not feel adequate? Um, I say just do it anyway. I feel like I was talking with a friend the other day about this. It's like, I feel like we have this need to create, um, and it brings a lot of joy no matter what it is, whether it's like cooking or knitting or painting or writing. Um, I feel like it's just in us to, to make things and create. And I say, just try and do it anyway. There's so much variety and if you talk about just art in general like watercolors acrylics drawing like there's so much variety try it all just like try it all I do say try to find a class like Skillshare is a great place to start I do classes on Skillshare all the time um it it does art um I'm learning this even as I grow feel like I'm still kind of in the beginning of my art career that there's a lot I don't know. And I need a teacher, I need a mentor to tell me things like how to do this, um, how to do that, what supplies to use. So I think that's a great starting point. Start like with a class, like on on Skillshare and try a variety of mediums because you may find there's one you like way more than others. Even now I try to kind of switch it up and, um, go from watercolors to acrylics and I'm getting into pastels and I want to try oil paints. Um, and, and just realize that no art is perfect. Um, that's something I struggle with is sometimes I'm like, I don't want to put my art out there. It's not what I want it to be. And Scott's like, what are you talking about? It's great. And I'm like, but it's this and this, you know, just realize it's, it's, it's never going to be perfect. And you always have to start somewhere. I think that's the best advice I've gotten over the last couple of years as I've grown in art, um, that you have to start somewhere and your art, when you start in the beginning, is not what it's going to be, you know, in, in three years, if you stick with it and you enjoy it. Um, so that's kind of what I say. Yeah, that's good. I think one of the, when I see all those fish behind you and we talk about like drawing fish, um, the thing that, draws me to to ever cast a line uh, in the water is is that what's beneath that water as you're talking about going you know snorkeling and you had no idea as you even as you were riding up on the boat or, or walking out into the water because the surface of that water obscures everything and as you as you dive in or as we pull something out of the water emerges out of the water emerges unbelievable things and mm-hmm. you know a uh, few uh, earlier this year, I got to go out to Wyoming to to fish, 
and man, to pull a, a brown, a nice brown trout out of the water and the explosion of color that came with that fish. But I didn't know he was there. All I saw was a nice run that was dark, and I felt like there may be a fish there, and I cast in the hopes that there may be one there. And, you know, when when that uh, that uh, indicator goes down, you know, your excitement rises, and you get him in the net, and you hold it up, and you behold something that's, you know, you had no idea. You were oblivious to its existence. And then out comes, you know, something that, you know, I, I for you, I think it's like, man, I can't wait to draw this thing. That, right. that we've is, is that something that happens like when you went on a fly fishing trip and out emerges that rainbow trout and you're like oh my gosh man this is unbelievable i can't wait to draw that or paint that oh absolutely absolutely even when i see other people's photo it's definitely a different experience when i do it myself i do feel like a, such a deeper connection um with with a certain fish or bird um, but even when I see other people's photos and their experiences, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. But um, definitely, I really feel um, I've been painting saltwater fish kind of some of last year. And some of those fish, when you pull them out of the water, it's like, this is insane. How do I even capture these colors? Yeah. Like Recently, uh, recently I, I shared it with Brian. A, a buddy of mine took me out. Uh, it's on the Alabama-Mississippi uh, state line. Uh, out into the marsh water was super clear and i caught my first redfish on a fly rod and to hold that redfish up and to see that explosion of copper and metallics in those scales and that you know distinct spot on his tail i was just like man you know a photo is not going to capture this you know know, how do you capture that that kind of beauty is uh, um, it's just incredible you know what's what was cool is i could see him too it wasn't there was no mystery as to what was there the water was super clear and i could see him and the, the mystery was was he going to bite or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh yeah it was it was incredible you know it's the first time ever i've gotten into the drag on my fly rod um he said he yeah once he realized he was hooked he decided to test the drag on that fly rod and uh it, it made yeah. it sing when he decided oh i am i'm hooked <laughs> wow that's incredible that's amazing there's something uh so i don't know optimistic and hopeful about a blank page or a blank canvas that you know when an artist or someone who creates sees something into that blank piece of paper or canvas or um or whatever you know it's it's so interesting to the the way a, a you know someone like yourself your your mind works whenever you can see that before it's even on the page and um how yeah you know, I, I just feel like that's almost like a it's got to be kind of a, like a mindset as you go as you go through life as you're able to kind of see what something could be rather than what it maybe is yeah that's it's um it's something that it can be uh as a creative it almost can be a bit scary i know that's a weird thing but sometimes i um i have a series like i'm working through and i i go to paint and i have my paper and everything ready and i can't sit down and do it i like find myself getting up and doing other things and like it's like this fear of the of starting almost like of this um blank page and sometimes i can see the end process sometimes i i kind of know what i want it to look like 
but this the starting point sometimes can be the scariest point and I've had art friends art mentors who are like you just have to start you just have to put some paint on the page and start because there is a fear of like messing it up or it's just that fear of failure it runs through everything you know and um the time will be wasted you know you waste your supplies and such um so but it is a cool thing and um to kind of see things and want to create them in your own way. And that's one of the things my husband and I, he kind of runs my art business with me. He does half of everything. I'm kind of the creative and he's taken over more of the um, stuff I don't enjoy, like taxes and fulfilling (laughs) orders and such. Um, That's his, where his gift lies. But it's funny, even when I decide I'm going to do a series, like I've been working on these salmon series he has a vision for how he thinks it should look. And I have a vision for how I think it should look. And I finally told him, I was like, just trust that I, it is my own artistic interpretation of a Chinook salmon, salmon, you know, like. Well, there's only really one way to settle that. You're going to have to go catch them, you know, (laughs) plan a trip and, 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 and go catch catch them and and then you'll know for sure i approve this message <laughs> scott is yes that is scott my husband's so funny because he's a fishing guy and as i've kind of gotten into this like i've said we really need to like exactly that i was like we need to go experience it like i've been painting these like northeastern fish like have y'all ever done pike or musky fishing i actually no, actually I, caught I, I, uh, my son and i um down here in uh, rabbit creek which lets into dog river uh-huh. which dumps into the mobile bay we had uh-huh. a R2-D2 Zebco 33-themed uh, fishing rod with a beetle spin on it. And I hooked probably a 19-inch pike on it. That's insane. And I thought, there's no way that's coming in, but it, it was. It did come in, and it didn't even fit in my sad little trout net. And that was the gnarliest-looking fish, man, because it has When like you sent it. I thought it was a gar when you sent it, but it was yeah, no, simply not. It's a pike, and it was a yeah. it was a, it was a pike, and I was like, I didn't even know we had these here. And then what you know, something right. funny, funny, not funny. My son was so enthralled later on as he's fishing, he wasn't paying attention, and he stepped right off the dock, and, oh. he, <laughs> and he fell into that black. He fell into that black water, and I like had to one arm him up out of the water. He's soaking wet, and all he could think about was that fish we'd caught that had those teeth. Teeth <laughs> is the now. Surprised he wasn't walking on water. Yeah, no, he no, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was wishing he was. But what a gnarly fish! And I, like I said, I didn't know yeah. we had those down here, um, but we did, and it was it was really cool to see it. They are crazy. I've been, I know, like so. I've painted like a, a pike and a muskie and a uh, uh, what's the what hand of the a walleye. Mm. And um, so I'm getting these like pictures from people, and I'm like these fish are insane. Like I got a commission I'm doing in January. This lady wants me to paint and it's, she wants me to do a life-size one. And her husband caught a 52 inch, um, muskie. Yeah. So it's going to be like huge, but Scott's like, now he's all the time. He's like, so when are we going muskie fishing? Like we got to go out to Canada. We got to go muskie fishing. And I'm like, yeah, we do. Don't we? He loves it. But um, yeah, those are crazy. So here, here's one thing I want to I want to find. I'm, I'm so interested. So I heard you say something, and then you said it different. Is it salmon or salmon? Oh, I know. Great question. I don't know. Maybe we should put a poll. And out my alabama. 
salmon. <laughs> salmon. Yeah. I've always uh, I'm interested mm-hmm. to hear you know people say because you said it two ways and I was like which one is it which one's it going to be? Oh, I don't. I correct myself all the time. I feel like it's supposed to be salmon, right? Right. That, that's what I but always I say. say. Salmon. I, you know, salmon. I feel I'm, I feel like it's salmon, but I hear salmon. I'm like, am I wrong? I I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I was just asking. Maybe we could poll the poll the listeners. Salmon yeah. or salmon? <laughs> and is there some kind of linguistic history that goes with one of those pronunciations? I'd be interested to go down that rabbit trail. Anyway, sorry. You'll have with me, yes, because I'm very interested in that too. <laughs> well, uh, you know, you talked about uh, you know Scott a lot. Um, you know, I, I, as yeah. we were talking. I think you were right. I think that he was supposed to have been on that initial trip with us to Blue Ridge. Right. And, um, okay. So there was a there was a group of about I think seven or eight of us who were supposed oh, yeah. to be on that trip. Yeah. But not yeah. a lot of people felt like they could leave because of the nature of homeschooling kids right. and everybody being kind of in turmoil and kind of just really not feeling like they could get away. Scott was one of those who, who had to graciously uh, back out of that, but we're, we're not it giving up. Like- we're going to get Scott on fly <laughs> was- and, and we're going to be a part of that group yeah. around a campfire. You know, and that, day. you know, funny enough, Emily, that's that very trip is the the trip that this podcast was birthed on. Uh, the, the road trip up and back was where the initial conversations that we should, we should do this started on that trip. Yep. That's so cool. That's what, when I was listening to this, and you, you guys were, were talking through that, the birth of the podcast and y'all's thoughts behind it. It's so funny how, I think it's cool how God moves sometimes amongst, like among his people um, with kind of the same idea. Because around the same time we were, um, God was just teaching us a lot about the Sabbath and enjoying his creation and being outside because the, for the first time, and y'all may talk about this in one of your podcasts, I can't remember. But we were, um, during that time, God really just showed us, like for the first time in our lives, we had the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. Like we would go out and sit by our creek and just enjoy being in his presence. And it was such a great reminder of who he is through nature. Um, And like he was teaching you guys like the same thing um, and to share it with all of us, like through a podcast. And I just think that's really cool. Well, um, Really, really cool. We sure appreciate you uh, being on the show. One thing we like to do before we leave um, is ask our guests, what's your next adventure? So is it a trip to the Northeast to go catch some uh, salmon or some okay. salmon? Some or salmon? <laughs> um, so, but tell me, uh, what, what are you, what do you guys have on the horizon that, that you're excited about? So we are excited. Our kids are young, but we're finally getting, y'all understand that y'all have kids. We're finally getting to that place where we're seeing the light. <laughs> like we're, um, we have our little girl just turned two. And so it's easy. It's getting easier to take trips. Um, these was our first one where we are like, yes, like, and so I feel like we have this whole list, like we're running through, but because of like my love for the ocean, which Scott loves to, he loves snorkeling. Um, as much as I do now and saltwater fishing, like I love fly fishing and the mountain side of things because of him. So we found ourselves like flip-flopping. Like, so we, when we were down the keys, we were like, let's go to Montana next. Like we need to go to like Yellowstone and do that. So I'd say if any trip was next, we want to go to Yellowstone. 
Uh, I've never been to that part of the country before. Oh, oh my God. And I know you said, Brad, you just went to like Wyoming. Um, so that's definitely on our list. We want to be able to spend a good chunk of time there. So um, Alaska also, Scott's never done Alaska. I've been there a couple of times. So we'd like to get up there. Um, but we also like the tropical side of things too. So I think those are on our list. We also have um, recently found at least twice a year, we want to get down to the beach a little bit and then get up to the Smokies. We're going to the Smokies in March, spend a couple of days there. Um, let's do some fly fishing. Um, I may go with him. I'm not sure yet. Definitely. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I don't fly fish. Sometimes I just literally put waders on. Oh, this is a good tip for any wives who don't like the fly fish, but just like hanging out. I literally put waders on and I just walk up the creek with them. And it's so fun. Like, oh, yeah. One mm-hmm. of the artists that I follow, um, A.D. Maddox, she, she'll she do the full trips and everything. And she'll just have her camera. And so yeah. she'll get be inspired mm-hmm. by the photography that she takes. I think she fishes mm-hmm. some also, but she gets the photography aspect of it, brings it back and puts it on oil. And it's incredible. Um, That's incredible. So. Yeah. You get the experience. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Emily, Emily, what are some ways that, uh, that our listeners can, uh, how can they support your art? How can they follow uh, and follow your work? What are, what are some places that they can go to do that? Um, yeah, I am. Instagram has never been like my bread and butter, but I'm learning the beauty of it in the art world. And I've connected with so many cool people through Instagram. I'm really learning. It's a really cool place to be. And I have a lot of friends on there now that I would have never had if it didn't exist. So Instagram's a great place. Um, Emily Johnson art is um, my, what do you call that place? Your hand, we'll um, call it your handle. <laughs> your handle. Thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Emily Johnson art. And I'm slowly kind of telling my story, uh, my history with the water and how obviously fish come out of that um, and ducks now too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Etsy is my main um, shop. So it's Emily Johnson art on Etsy. And I just launched a website. Awesome. Um, it's emilyjohnson.com. Yeah. So all of that you can find um, on Instagram. Yeah. And what we'll do is um, we, we have the, the story.doors.com and we'll have a specific page for, for your episode and we'll link all of those those sites on there too. So there'll be a one-stop shop to find, to find you there and uh, maybe see a little summary of this, uh, this episode and listen to it from there if you want to. And then um, we'll link everything that way people can find you and find, you know, find more great photos and great pictures of uh, the things that you've drawn. So man, there, I love looking at them and I love following your, your Instagram too. So hey, you, you should do, some, you should do some, some videos of you drawing. You should set your phone up because I'm so enthralled by that. So I'll I'll always stop at those whenever I see those. So you should do some of those. It'd be really cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's actually an encouragement to me to do them more because I like them too. I actually love reels. I think they're super fun. It's like a whole new thing. It's certainly a black hole where I can waste some time. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And they make great christmas presents too if you have uh if you're listening to some to oh, this and yeah. you, you have a um you know someone who in your life likes to fish there's an assortment of fish it's not just trout it's not just saltwater but it's got bass and uh, others there too so um 
Brad, you, you, you do so well at closing us out, <laughs> but uh, before we go, I want to just say thanks to Emily. Yeah. Appreciate you. And thank you for the art that you're putting in the world. It's really great. And it's good to hear your heart and kind of how you feel, um, you know, you feel like this is a way of, of kind of experiencing God's creation. So yeah. thanks for being a part of this. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, so encouraging and incredible. And, uh, we hope, man, I really hope people do pick up, uh, pick up and go, I think I'm going to try, you know, and, and to just put something on the paper. I think, uh, you know, one of the reasons is we are, I believe what scripture says that we are made in his image. And he is, as I, I talked about earlier, before we started recording, he is the creator. And so when we take time to create whatever that may be, um, we are uh, embodying who we are in, in the image of the creator and it draws us closer to him. So I, I love anything creative like that. And, and that outlet is, that's why it's so fulfilling because that's part of who we are. And so when you're able to Emily rest in your own, your gifting and who God's created you to be as a, a painter, as an artist, man, that what a restful place to be doing what God's created you to do. So it's cool to see someone living that out. Um, we're, uh, we're so thankful for people that listen. I, I can't say that enough. Um, we didn't know what this would be like when we got this started, you know, when we were dreaming on the way up to, to go fishing and like, let's start a podcast. I'm not sure if we should do that. There's a lot of podcasts, but I'm so glad we have I mean, a lot of people that do listen. <laughs> yeah. I'm always surprised by the amount of people that listen and how encouraged they are by these conversations. Um, so we, we do want to push more people to the website because, uh, the storiedoutdoors.com is chock full of all of these interviews and photos from adventures and um, links to the people that are, are writing books and that are they're creating and making art. And so all of that for you, Emily, will be on there. We hope people will go to the storyoutdoors.com. Uh, if you have questions or comments or encouragements, you can send them to the storiedoutdoors at gmail.com. Uh, if you've enjoyed this conversation, uh, man, leave us a review. That's how we grow this podcast. Leave a review and and then share it with somebody that you, you want to share it with and that you think would enjoy. Maybe there's an artist in your life and you just listen to this. And you're like, so-and-so needs to hear Emily's story about how she got into art and how she's making a living on Etsy making art. Maybe that's what someone needs to hear. So share that with a friend. Leave us a review. And we hope this encourages you and, uh, to write your own stories, to share your own adventures in the storied outdoors.